Yo, dudes, this is Derek. And I'm John. And this is Square Zeros. Today, we're here with Steven Selman. He's an incredibly talented musician. He lives up here in Brooklyn. Uh, he plays a lot of music with us. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to talk to him about some of his early work right now. Dude, Steven, introduce yourself. What's up, guys? I'm Steven. And uh, I'm a guitarist. I'm an organ player. And I've been producing records and uh, just being in the studio as much as possible in the past year. So you've had a pretty busy year. You cut two records, uh, a 12-inch called Routine Burlesque that came out earlier this year, and then a, an EP called All's Well, The ben Ben's Well. All's Well, The Ben's Well? Yeah, All's Well, All's Well, The Ben's Well. <laughs> been sitting on that title for a long time, yeah. And I guess you say you've been, you know, you've been trying to record and, and produce things, you know, as often as you can up here right now. And I know that's sort of your, your raison d'etre in New York. Um, but we also want to talk to you about, I mean, it sounds like you've been recording for decades, right? I mean, like, that's why we're here. Yeah. Yeah. Re recording is, has always been a part of my learning how to play music. It was mm -hmm. always there back from, uh, cakewalk and nuendo in the, in the <laughs> right. very early days. Like I had a giant boxy uh, PC that was just old as sin. It was like a 486 <laughs> and I could still oh, run nice. cakewalk on it. People forget that like this technology has been around for a long time. I love, I would love to see all these bands that are making cassettes now, you know, it's like that cool thing to go back and take the antiquated, you know, like the antiquated, not great way of making something and do it. I would love if people broke out their 486s and their cakewalk. Oh man, that, <laughs> that is the next revolution. Uh, I'll, I'll admit I jumped on board with the, uh, with the tape recording. I have an old Tascam, a 424. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a, like the last four track cassette tape recorder that Tascam made. And my friend Matt's mom, uh, bought it for us and <laughs> I've held on to it all these years. And that's what I recorded that 12 inch on, oh, it, which was fantastic. Word. Uh, because as you will hear, uh, sometime over the next 15 minutes or so, uh, I can be very laborious when it comes to recording. <laughs> and, uh, and I had to force myself out of that, even, even in, in my, uh, supposed musical maturity. Um, so the four track was a nice way of doing that. Yeah. Well, what do you Well, say? let's back it up right now. Yeah. Let's uh, get into it. We're going to hear some of your early stuff. Let's just roll it. I'm not even going to ask any questions about this. I just want to hear your pick. Before you is the only place you're going here. 
Damn. All right. All right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I hear uh, a lot of Jackson Brown, um, <laughs> maybe, uh, or I don't know, John Mayer. I thought that sort of extended part at the end, there was some, there's a little bit like Doobie Brothers Blackwater. Yeah, kind of, totally. Know, like, and they're like on a set of voices on guitars. Man. I'd say it's accomplished, man. I mean, that's some accomplished musicianship. I know. It's pretty precise. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, not yeah, like, yeah. you know, you're like Mike hanging in a room like Garage Punk. You know, you weren't kidding about like the recording quality and kind of that being part and parcel of, of what you've done musically even. So I don't know. I mean, first of all, 
give us like what's the backstory on this song who who's playing on it and when did you record it and what the hell is it all about all right, get this. the uh, The name of the album is "The Bearded Bravados," and uh, i i brought the I brought the CD for you guys to look at. Let's have it. Yeah, hold on a second. Okay. Oh, right. So this is the Bearded Bravados by Ricky Irby and Stephen Selman, and Ricky Irby is uh, a guy that I went to high school with. Uh, you did as well. And, <laughs> uh, and, and he was, he was quite well known for, for various musical enterprises of his own. And he's a, he's a fantastic musician in his own right. And he is, um, doing a hell of a lot of producing in DC right now. But, uh, anyway, we used to make a lot of music together and, uh, just about every day after school was spent going over to Rick's house and just recording all day long. Um, and that culminated in the bearded bravados. All right. First of all, <laughs> I wish you guys could see this at home. It's got this like it's definitely got this Doobie Brothers kind of font uh, at the top. Uh, the bearded bravados. Uh, Stephen doesn't have a beard in the picture, <laughs> but they're sitting. Well, got you got a little stub. fuzz there. Yeah, got a little stub. Uh, they look like high school stoners. Uh, they're sitting in front of this little brick wall. Of course, like the picture, the cover art is distorted. See, I would even, I would, go, I would even, go, I would go a little further. I mean, this, you know, high school band. I was gonna say, you guys look like you're, you're kind of bearded. Stephen's playing a banjo. Sort of there with sort his acoustic. Stonery looking at a, at a college level, I would say. <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe we give him a little more credit than that. <laughs> these, look, these look like some dudes out on the quad. You know, just just finished throwing the disc. <laughs> and pulled up a couple of stringed instruments to to shred. So, yeah, tell us, give us give us a little bit more backstory. What what year? What the hell year is this? And what what on earth motivated you to write this particular song? <laughs> okay, that's a, real, so, that's a real nice question. We're gonna ask everybody what were you thinking. That's gonna, that's gonna be part of this program. Oh lord. Um, okay, this was two thousand and three, probably. That that's my that's my best guess. Maybe two thousand and two. Um, early to mid high school for me. Mm -hmm. And this song, you know, the first thing you mentioned was Jackson Brown and believe it or not, uh, I, I was, I was seriously into Jackson Brown as a high schooler. I, I took my, my thoughts and my feelings very seriously and, uh, and wrote a lot of lyrics that reflected that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and this was my attempt at writing something that wasn't slow and like apocalyptic and uh, really hyper emotional. This was me trying to write a rock song. You know, uh, there was a line in there uh, that had me really confused. The line I think was, I, I can't wait until these slow days in my life are gone. Yeah. Uh, First of all, I mean, you were like 17. <laughs> what, is it, are things really that slow at 17? Well, an, an old soul. <laughs> Felt like it, man. I was in high school. Yeah, things were slow as hell. Um, I think I was coming from a place of uh, feeling like I, I needed to, uh, to break out. I, I felt like I was accomplished as all hell and <laughs> needed, to, um, needed to break out of um, whatever perceived uh, walls were holding me back. Um, the song goes on for a really long time. Yes, that's its defining quality. That's not a question, but <laughs> why? <laughs> what, what, what was going like? Was it the kind of feeling where you're like, wow, this is so much fun and this is so important that we have to just drag this thing out? I think so. You know, I had forgotten because I listened to maybe the first 
two or three minutes of this before I brought it here for you guys to hear. I didn't listen to it straight through to the end. I, I listened long enough to know that that end went on for like two more minutes than it should have. Um, I, apparently, we played it live, and I didn't remember this about it, but there there was at least the um, the drums and the guitar were, were live. Probably not the vocals, definitely not the bass. Um, and God knows whatever, like many layers of harmonies. There's there's one very magical moment in there, uh, harmony-wise. And also, I hope that this is in stereo because uh, there's some extremely important hard panning right at the very beginning. All right, all right. Nice. And now, you it's just the two of you on that recording? You, you There's no one else in there? It's just the two of us, yeah. See, that's pretty impressive for like the, the quality that you got for a couple of high schoolers doing this. You yeah. know, that the chops are really there in the production. And, you know, the song is like kind of... Jackson Brownie, John Mary, like folkish pop or something like that. But um, really what's impressive about it is you guys had some serious recording skills that probably a lot of people now don't. Well, thank you. Um. <laughs> also, if I, if I may to, you know, Derek asked this question. He, he Also, did. delay? Who, who used delay on vocals back in high school? Mm -hmm. Oh, dude, yeah. That was... Um... Uh, <laughs> you did. Stephen did. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say to you something. Something I think maybe Derek might have missed. I, I, I've actually cracked open this jewel case now to have it to have a look further into this. He just he kind of stopped at the uh, at the picture on the front. If you look at the inside, actually, Ricky and Stephen are each given symbols. And there's a there's a color coded key that tells you what they did on each. Oh song. my gosh! Um, that where is... that we'll we'll put up we'll put up on the, uh, yes. on the on the web there for you. Um, but it tells you the names of the songs, and then next to it you have these two symbols that stand in for uh, Ricky oh, and Stephen <laughs> that tell you whether they performed vocal duty, instrumental duty, or both um, on each song. So yeah, let me no, see the symbols here. There's a lot of interest. Oh yeah. Red diamond, purple diamond, green diamond. Both! Exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> and wait, 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 wait. Ricky Irby has like the, what is that? Like the the I, symbol of life or something like that? Anyway, that looks like something out of a Richard Alpert book. Or, yeah, yeah. There's some, there's some, there's some Crowley in here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's move on. You had yeah. there was more to talk about, right? There's yeah, there's definitely. Yeah, we got a little more ground to cover, and yeah. Um, sure, we could talk about this all day, but you know, you know what? Uh, yeah, I we have something really special. So uh, there's another song that I I really I cheated a little bit, and I know some of your. I mean, I know a bunch of your back catalog. I, I wasn't familiar with that recording at all, but um, I uh, I had requested that Stephen play a song that I remember from late high school, and. We couldn't track down a recording of it right away, so we're going to do it live. Real quick, Stephen, I want you to introduce this track, tell us about it, and then shred that thing, man. I just, I can't wait. <laughs> this song is called White, and it is, uh, I'd say it's very much indicative of the types of songs I was writing when I was first attempting to write songs, uh, which is developed as far as the guitar goes i was a guitar player way 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 before i ever tried to write a song and so i have these chords and it, it it's i'm just gonna let you hear it um <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that's all i can say it's got these chords um you just said it's got these chords yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay okay i'm anxious and I, mean I mean i don't remember the chords so i remember the uh, the vocals uh and uh and some of the progression, but I, I don't remember these chords. There's a lot of them. <laughs> All right, before, without further ado, let's hear them. Mm -hmm. 
Why it's not the color of light I saw in your eyes In a dream last night It was all shades of blue Your past filtered through The gray in the sky Glad that I saw you on the day the first snow came. I know that I've known you, but I've grown too far away. Deep's not the distance I see You looking through me And long's not the time My short-sighted silhouette May be a perfect fit It's only a mime Glad that I saw you on the day the first snow came. I know that I've known you, but I've grown too far away, away, away. It may be that all we have are dreams and some may say that a season could take them away but we White's not the color of light I saw in your eyes. <laughs> there were a lot of fucking chords in that. There's no shortage of chords. No. I don't know some of those chords, man. <laughs> Neither and and like two or three key changes or something. Oh my god, mm. it has like the, it has like this whole step modulation. This is I really didn't know what these things were. I got I didn't study music. This is just like what was going through my head at the time. Like I I just thought that music was like always had to be like constantly moving and be so like fit everything you possibly can. And I, I cheated a little bit. I should have vamped way, way, way longer between verses. And I, I was being too forgiving on that. If I was trying to recreate what I, was, what I would have done back then. 
So what was going through your head when you wrote that? I mean, there's like, there's this kind of Disney melody aspect to it, but where, where were you pulling from there? Literally, it was the first day of snow uh, of the year. And I remember sitting in my living room and looking at the snow outside and, and those were the chords that happened. And it was so shockingly fast the way that it happened. Like I picked up a guitar and that's what came out. I hadn't played those chords before. I'm like, this just makes me want to do something f weird, what I consider to be weird. So I took, I took like the shapes that I normally would have played and just changed them a little bit. And I ended up with those chords and that, uh, I, I just liked it so much that I started coming up with a melody and I, I do remember I'd had like a, a dream about an early uh, ex-girlfriend and that was the the saw you. Uh, the chorus is like, I'm glad that I saw you on the day the first snow came. It's a lot better than I'm glad that I sawed you. I'm glad that I saw <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, yeah. So this has been great. Yeah, this, is, this has been. I think this is one that's going to go down in the in the annals of. Yeah. Of, Thanks I mean, for being the the first person on Square Zeros to do a live performance. I I think that I thought that was awesome, and you killed it. You pulled it off. Like, <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of songs that I wrote when I was a kid that are a lot simpler than that. That I don't know if I could play without fucking up. Let's talk about just before we before we sign off here what you're doing now. So um, you mentioned that you are playing Farfisa in uh, Hollow Hills, um, which is again this sort of darker sort of rock and roll band. Um, but you also do a lot of solo stuff on your own, right? Which you told us about. Um, what what does that sound like? That right now is it's melodic rock. I I always used to describe it as somewhere between Tom Waits and Elvis Costello. I started off this year releasing the 12-inch, that, that was Routine Burlesque, and uh, that was the aforementioned 4-track uh, project. You recorded the entire thing on 4-track. You kind of went back to your primitive recording roots for that one. I did. I started demoing the songs for the album on the 4-track as a tool to break myself out of uh, overcomplicating anything, just to make sure that it was as straight ahead as, as I envisioned it being. And I liked the quality of the first song I did so much that I really thought that you know, I can do this. I can, I can do this on a four track and make it really interesting. And this 12 inch is the result. Routine burlesque. And then you also put out an EP in the springtime, early summer called all's well that bends well. Yeah. All's well that bends well. I ran screaming after recording on the four track. I was, I was done with that. Um, <laughs> straight, straight back to, uh, to the wonderful digital world that we exist in now and, uh, and recorded a three song EP my goal, which is what I seem to always be trying to work back towards, is like how on earth can Steven Selman write a, a rock and roll record? And I still don't think I've accomplished that, but uh, someday I will. Keep pushing, man. Yeah, I'm going to try. Rock and roll. All right, dude, Steven Selman. Uh, Routine Burlesque, 12 inch, All's Well That Bends Well, EP. Check him out. Thanks a lot, Steven. Thank you. All right, dudes. Thanks for listening. Square Zeros. Take care. Peace.
Cause I'll 